Welcome, welcome everyone to episode 17 on the Prismatic Academy podcast. I'm Chrissy Marie, and in this episode, I get to chat with the wonderful chiropractic health practitioner and author, Dr. Natalie Bouchamp. Dr. Bouchamp has been a chiropractic health professional for over 23 years and is the author of Hack Your Health Habits, which is an incredibly comprehensive, systematically thoughtful, easily digestible, and modern-day resource that helps support people to achieve their highest wellness goals. In speaking with Dr. Bouchamp, we'll get to learn a little bit about her backstory and professional wellness journey, as well as hear her best practical insights and applications for living a balanced and healthy life. So without any further ado, here's episode 17, Hacking Your Health Habits with Dr. Natalie Bouchamp. Tuesday so far it's great and it's uh I'm on east coast time so I just finished at the clinic just uh came home had a, a bit of veggies and then here I am sitting in my office ready for for it so perfect I hear you're having a bit of a winter snap are you experiencing oh, that big time big time I was in uh, Halifax uh I, I where are you actually Chrissy I didn't so even ask I'm in San Diego so we oh, do not pay God. attention to the weather. <laughs> Good for you. So I was on the uh, east coast of Canada, uh, Halifax, and there was usually they get snow, but there was no snow. And I come back uh, to Ottawa. Uh, I came back Sunday night and it's like, oh, my God. And it snowed all day today. So oh, wow. we're in snow big time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know a lot of us, you know, West Coasters <laughs> down here in Southern California, we're getting a bunch of updates about how severe and cold the weather is, but I think it's super hard to, to imagine. Yeah. Have you always lived in San Diego? I have, except for one year. I moved to Santa wow. Barbara, <laughs> and I came right back because it was too cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love San Diego. I, I went maybe, I've gone maybe three or four times, and I just love it. Oh, perfect. Yes, it's definitely a hard city to leave. Um, I can't mm -hmm. imagine really living anywhere else. I honestly don't know how I would survive. If I had to deal with snow, <laughs> you'd, you'd would, have to go buy boots and coats. Right, I sure. wouldn't know what to do with myself. Perfect. Okay. Um, what about? Are you reading anything interesting right now? Oh, I read so much. Uh, actually, I'm reading Seth Godin's book. Uh, this is marketing. Mm -hmm. I'm reading uh, Brené uh, Brown. Uh, dare to lead these are the two that mm. i have in 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 the in the queue right now that i'm reading those are such good ones i love both of those authors seth godin he i think he just communicates so well oh yeah and yeah. then his his latest book is is really good and it's really apropos for me with uh with the book creating a health hacker tribe and and you know he's just really focusing on not having just numbers of followers, but having the right people follow you and so right. forth. So it's just, you know, it's it's nothing really new, but it just has a, a way of, of putting it that just helps with, uh, with clarity and focus. Right. Yes, the quality of followers. So valuable. Um, how about any, do you read nonfiction? 
Oh, once in a while I'll read a murder mystery kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but I, I just love reading so much that to me, any minute that I get, I want to read something that just feeds my brain. And I, I love learning. I, I'm pretty much addicted to learning. <laughs> I feel exactly the same. Actually, I felt a little bit shameful last night because I was just up all night going through authors, you know, switching from from different books because my eyes get tired and then my brain gets tired, but I can't stop. I have to keep going. <laughs> I really just like, I love stories. Yeah. What is it exactly uh, that you do uh, other than uh, interview people on podcasts? Mm -hmm. So I'm a writer. Okay. So again, I love telling stories. Um, I'm also a business development professional. Okay, cool. So I have my my background in marketing and business development, but um, writing is writing, painting, you know, dancing, meditating, reading, (laughs) basically every... All, every parent's nightmare of being an artist. <laughs> <laughs> but see, you made it and you're making a living with it. See, it works. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, I love that you're a chiropractor. Um, I know that you mentioned in your book that sometimes chiropractors can be not necessarily looked down upon, but not considered, like, air quotes, a real doctor. Yeah, However, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Please correct correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am, but you have to go through the same, like similar training as a medical doctor, correct? Yeah, pretty much the first, uh, well, science undergrad and then four years of chiropractic school. It's just, we don't, you know, when they focus more on medication, we focus more on adjustments and, and, you know, learning more about how to adjust people and assess and so forth. So it's similar, you know, from a you know, basic science kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously we differ in our, in our philosophy and our approach. Right. And if, from what I've noticed from the chiropractors that I've met and interacted with, I feel like you have a very holistic approach to the yeah. body. Yeah. Like it's not, you don't like your view and perspective on the body and the system is not as myopic as, you know, others might think. Yeah, the chiropractic philosophy is is pretty simple. It's it's explained with these words: above, down, inside out. So mm-hmm. above, down meaning from the brain to the rest of the body, and inside out meaning not from outside sources to give you health. So communication uh, from the brain to the rest of the body and looking inside for help not outside so i mean it's it's so simplistic but it's just it's it's beautiful and i i live it i'm still in practice after 23 years and just never get bored of what i see uh with patients and and the results and you know some chiropractors will focus more on lifestyle than others i've done my uh, functional medicine training uh with the institute of functional medicine just because i just wanted to get a little bit more credential you know in 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 that part of the uh of healthcare. uh but you know, we call it the chiropractic lifestyle. So it's it's getting adjusted, making sure you're optimizing your nervous system, uh, eating well, exercising, the right mindset, and so forth. So we've we've been doing this for a long time. Perfect. Do you, can you remember the moment where 
you just knew that you loved chiropractics. You knew that this was what you wanted to do. Yeah, I was 14 years old. Um, got adjusted. Uh, I grew up in a very small town, and uh, my parents, uh, if you had anything wrong with you, you went to see the chiropractor. And I'm not kidding, like <laughs> shoulder, emeralds, like whatever, go see the chiropractor. So kind of grew up with that mindset. And uh, I got my first adjustment when I was 14. And I didn't speak English at the time. And the chiropractor that I was uh, seeing had studied in the States. And, you know, I just thought, oh, my God, I don't speak the language. There's no way we can afford for me to go to school in the States uh, and so forth. So I kind of you know, thought this would be such a cool profession, but just didn't think that I could. And then when I was in my last year at Ottawa U, a girl in my class was applying to chiropractic school in Toronto. I said, wait a minute. I didn't realize there was one in Toronto. And I just took a bit of a gamble that uh, my English would improve and talk about a hard way to to learn a second (laughs) language. But um, I'm happy that I did. That's amazing. And I love that, you know, that you knew what the hurdles were, but were was determined to overcome them. Was oh, there yeah. Anything? Yeah. That, that saying ignorance is a bliss so <laughs> applies to me for that, because I think if I had known, I'm just, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. But I, I yeah, if I had known, maybe I would have uh, thought about it a little bit more. So. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of these hurdles, I know that you know, at least when I was in school, there are many challenges, especially around learning. Um, there are sometimes even regressions where I was like, you know, I love this. I know I love this, but I don't know if I can do this for the rest of my life. And there's always like this moment, this like discovery or learning something new or completely fascinating that pulls you back in. Did Did you have a moment like that in your studies? Uh, you know what? It's, I can see what what you're saying but with chiropractic we it's how would I say this it's almost addictive what Mm. we see and what we can help people with that I never get bored I literally never get bored of hearing the results and it's such a variety of of things that change in people's life when they get under chiropractic care that uh, yeah no it's it's yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. Um, I, yes, I tend to get super obsessive about, <laughs> about certain things too, and especially with the body. I love learning more about the mind and mental hacks and like mm-hmm. the potential of the brain. But I can, and I think that that's where I can relate with like how the body has the same potential, has the same mystery. Is there anything? Um, because I know that there's constant research happening. Is there anything new that you're super excited about? Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, you asked me earlier what books I was reading and I'm Mm -hmm. a big fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was at a conference in, in Toronto that he was putting on anyway. So his newer book, which is becoming, I think the title is becoming supernatural. And, um, in term of manifestation and how Dr. Dis- oh, um, can you hear me okay? The wonderful world of Google Hangouts. <laughs> okay, where I left off with you, you were telling me about a book you were reading. 
Yeah, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And, and you said, is there something new? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that uh, with his work, he really explains well um, how the body uh, can help connect with the greater power and um, the universe and, mm-hmm. and, you know, call it what you want from a physiological point of view and how we become antennas to attract what we want in our lives. So to me, you know, I'm part of that being a chiropractor because I make sure that a person's nervous system is working optimally. Obviously there's more alignment that needs to, to be done with our energy centers and so forth. But I find that, um, Dr. Dispenza has really put a great, uh, put it in a great way for people to understand even I like it just really helped connecting some dots for me and uh, take it to uh, a deeper level I'm so happy that you mentioned that because that was something that I was really curious about and wondered um, what your take was on that like how the body is giving feedback because I notice when when I go to a chiropractor I often experience a lot of emotional releases too mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so there are a lot mm-hmm. of like um, and I could physically feel an emotion leaving my body. And I think that it is the most incredible thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why sometimes people will say, what should I expect? And, you know, from a more mechanical point of view, we can guide people. But from a, a deeper meaning, you know, a- anything is, is really possible. And like that's what I said earlier, that it's, it's never boring to see the results and it's, it's never boring because everyone is so unique on what they need and, you know, how it's going to manifest itself. Hmm. I love that. And so with the amount of patients that you see and in your, in your experience, I can imagine that when you're giving a treatment to somebody, you almost have a blueprint to the makeup of this person, to the physical, emotional makeup of what's happening in their life just by the adjustments that you're making. Is that mm-hmm. a correct assumption? It is. And, you know, you, you just, in your question, you use the word treatment. And uh, this is something uh, that I don't really like that word. And I, I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not saying <laughs> that to, to pick on you, but... To me, the word treatment is something that is done to you. And I don't like that because I really think that, you know, we say, I'd rather say chiropractic care or an adjustment. And even not just for chiropractic, when a doctor says that they treat a patient, like I said, it's something that's done to you. And when it comes to the body healing, the body does does it we're Mm -hmm. tools that we can complement and help a a person heal Um, but that's why the word treatment it's my staff even knows at the clinic not to to use that word and and i i gently explain to patient what i mean um, by that but to answer your question is that um yeah i guess our hands become you know trained and guide us to what the person needs. And like I said, there's no two people the same. Uh, We don't necessarily all have the same kind of techniques as chiropractor. We develop our unique toolkit uh, basically with uh, what we learned throughout the years. Um, And that's what's so, so fun about it. Perfect. And, you know, your stance on, on treatment, I think is just very, 
responsible and empowering. And I think that, that it really highlights the thoughtfulness behind the care for your profession, the care and love for your profession, which we can also very much see in the book that you've written that is completely comprehensive and systemically thoughtful and very demystifying when it comes to health, because I think that for a lot of people, it can be very, very overwhelming. You know, by the time that they see you, they have so many things to adjust and detox in so many different areas. And I think that you give a really great approach to tackling that. Um, So I was wondering if you wanted to give a little overview of the book, why you wrote it and what, how you hope it benefits others. For sure. So, um, like I said, being in practice for 23 years, I, I see every day what issues people have or concern or what they're not acting on and so forth. So I really wanted to, to write a book that was comprehensive, that people would have most of the tools right there. And then if they wanted to dig deeper in other areas, you know, with the references that they could. Mm-hmm. So that's why the book is so comprehensive. I, I wanted to have everything mm-hmm you know, together. Now, the second component is, you know, sometimes people can read things, but if they don't implement uh, changes, I mean, there's not really uh, any value to it. So that's why I chose the, the title Hack Your Health Habits. And the word habits there is very important because mm-hmm. if we want to change or better our lifestyle, it's often a time, a, a habit uh, issue. So with each chapters, which I have 62 chapters in 12 sections, I'll talk about that a little bit more, but with each chapters, um, I ask people to uh, reflect on which habits they need to change to, you know, achieve whatever they want to achieve in that section. And I've come up with uh, three levels of hacking. So a level one is, for example, um, let's say somebody discovers that their deodorant is really toxic. So they go to the health food store, make the, the change and make the swap. They're good to go. It's easy. A level two may require a little bit more uh, time for the habit to be created. So it could be, um, you know, remembering to take your vitamins and, and a lot of people forget. So you say, well, I know that I brush my teeth every, every day or uh, what other, you know, maybe it's the cup of coffee in the morning. So put the vitamins beside. Uh, and also as a plan B, you can bring the, bring the vitamins uh, in a, you know, a little container and leave it at the office. So this requires a little bit more uh, planning and a, and a level three then, becomes something like losing 20 pounds or stopping uh, smoking. So it requires a lot more planning. And I give tools and and processes uh, for the three different types because I really think that they need to be approached uh, differently. So all through the book, I bring back to those three levels and ask the reader what they would like to change. And I also have a a playbook that people can download uh, for free um, to work with the book because I really wanted it to be actionable you know i wanted to you know have strategies and 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 really 
have people make long lasting changes. And I think the habit forming is, 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 is key. So that's kind of why I went at it the two ways, because I, I thought it's one thing to have the information, but if we don't transform the habits, it's not good. And then I wanted to have the information uh, all together because you are right. It is very confusing for people. And sometimes people paralyze and they don't do anything because they don't know which way to go. So I really wanted to, to write uh, content that would become a bit of a roadmap for people to follow. Absolutely. That, and I think that that's what really impressed me about the book that you created. Um, you really leave very little excuse for anybody to not make healthy changes in their life because you do give them True. the tools to empower themselves. The information is there and the suggestions for taking action are also there. Um, but when you find that people want to make these adjustments, they want to make these healthy changes in their life, but really just can't. What do you have to say to those people? Well, I go back to the fact that they probably don't have a big enough why. Mm. A big enough why they want to make the change. And unfortunately, oftentimes people need an, what I call an event. So it's a it's a health crisis. Uh, crisis. It could be diagnosis of cancer, uh, heart disease, or or even a heart attack, or the loss of someone close, or something that's just gonna make them go, oh, okay, I really need to pay attention to what I'm doing here. So, unfortunately. Sometimes as human being, we're uh, focusing on pain and pleasure. And if we don't have that pain sometime, we're not uh, going to act on it. So that's, that's what I would say is to look at the why. And if the why is not big enough, then the person's not going to change. And um, it's not to say that we cannot make our why bigger, but I think it, cre- it, it requires a lot more awareness. And sometimes that's what's missing with people is that basic awareness of the, uh, and the importance of, uh, of having a big enough why or making it a big enough why. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, um, because I know that like sometimes with habits, or I think with major habits, it takes, as you mentioned, planning for the bigger life changes, but just getting started, just taking the first step. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Creating momentum, I think, is, is very important. That's why like when I ask people you know, to do an inventory where they want to change sometime, it feels good to do a level one habit and mm-hmm. just, just a quick, you know, change. Uh, like I gave the example of the deodorant, but it is truly giving us momentum. So I would say the best way to go about changing habits is to, to, to have some easier ones, some mm-hmm. that are, you know, a little bit more complex, but not too complex to, to gain some momentum and, and feel good about the stuff that we're, what that we're doing it and also too i think sometimes we get stuck on removing things and feeling deprived as opposed to Mm -hmm. adding more of the good things so that it is for for food or or you know multiple habits instead of saying okay well uh, i'm giving the example of maybe wine or or what have you that people want to remove uh, maybe the first way to start or the best way to start for some people is to integrate 
better nutrition. And the more of the good things you do, the more inclined we seem to keep going uh, along those lines. So those are all kind of strategies. I think that's great. And I was wondering if you had a suggestion. I know that you mentioned deodorant or mm-hmm. also like looking at nutrition, but is there any any specific habits that you recommend people start with? Like, oh, just try this one thing because you know that it's impactful and could actually positively impact other areas? That well, it's a really good question, and it's, it's kind of going back to basics so much that it almost sounds cliche, but the first thing that I think people should really, really focus on is sleep the importance of sleep i can't tell you how important it is and unfortunately with our busy society go 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 we almost glorify being busy and 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 just you know working late and all of that stuff so sleep is so so crucial and then drinking water and making sure that we're dehydrate uh, that we're not dehydrated so that's important too and then uh, thirdly, would be uh, eating whole foods and staying away from processed food and, and sugar. So just those three things, which, you know, like I said, it all, it's, it's so simple mm-hmm. um, and that it almost sounds cliche when you, when you talk about that. But those things are the first thing to, to focus on. And, and sleep, like I said, being probably the most important one. Mm. And, you know, I think in, in having read your book, I think that that would make a lot of sense because you're actually working with the body, like getting your body to be efficient, right, or ready to take on these new healing and healthy habits as opposed to what I think most people would want to do, which is focus on the external environment, right? Like mm-hmm. they would want to start detoxing their environment right away. But if your body isn't it, – it really doesn't matter if your body isn't working properly. No, exactly. And just uh, earlier today, I was on a, on a on a podcast and I was talking about the ketogenic diet and intermittent mm-hmm. fasting because I get asked questions about that all the mm-hmm. time. And it's it's sad to see that people default so much to weight loss when it comes to, you know, um, diet plans or, or call it what you want, um, that we're not thinking more in terms of... Um, you know, vitality and energy and living longer that people are so stuck to say, oh, yes, this diet worked for me because I lost some weight. And I'm not saying that sometimes people don't have to lose weight, but Mm -hmm. it just makes me sad that people are hung up on numbers and looks and things from the outside as opposed to doing things, you know, just to make them healthy so that they can have the energy and, and live long. Right. And I have recently um, finished a cycle with the ketogenic diet. It's my first time trying it, and it was something that I really loved. And it wasn't just because you you noticeably lose weight in a short amount of time, but you really do have bursts of energy. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. would you like to speak a little bit more to the keto diet and the impact? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um I think the ketogenic diet, well, first of all, I always say there's no one size fits all. So it becomes a personal choice to, you know, to pick whichever diet. Some people will say, you know, they want to be vegan and that's okay um, as well. Uh, Where the ketogenic diet uh, really has its benefit is to help 
uh, decrease inflammation. And, you know, people say it's new, it's trendy. Not really. It's been around for a long time. There's tons of research for uh, the ketogenic diet for people with cancer and epilepsy. Uh, I think more and more uh, research is, is coming out from overall decrease in inflammation. And we know that chronic inflammatory diseases like heart attack and, and diabetes and cancer are that they are inflammatory disease. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why with the way we've been eating with the high glute, glucose, um, you know, carbs diet, uh, we need to start thinking differently and change that. So I think from a prevention of inflammation, uh, the ketogenic diet is really, really beneficial. Um, mm. That being said, when people ask me what I think about it, I, I say that I follow a, a modified ketogenic diet myself. I don't believe we should be in ketosis all the time. There's mm -hmm. something uh, called diet cycling that someone uh, should do because, you know, our ancestors were uh, mostly in, in cycles of, of feast and famine. And I think we do need to cycle our, our diet. But that being said, um, a lot of time people, when they go on the ketogenic diet, will stop eating greens and vegetables altogether and you become nutrient deficient. So it, it doesn't mean because you're on a higher fat diet that you should neglect uh, proper you know, nutrients from your vegetables. And the other thing too is a lot of time people will go and eat processed uh, fats and processed foods. Uh, so the quality of the food is, is not as good. So those are things to, to take in consideration and same thing with intermittent fasting. Uh, I mean, as uh, humans, we've been doing fasting for spiritual or religious belief for years and it has its benefit. And again, it mimics that feast or famine, uh, and cycling, uh, of our food because back in the days we didn't have access to food all the time uh, every you know five or six times a day so I think it there's a lot of benefits and I think everyone needs to like you said you tested it and and you notice a difference mm -hmm. with your energy and and so forth so I think it's eating to to live it's eating to live well um, and again like I said knowing that a lot of even things like dementia and Alzheimer are basically brain inflammation. And we know that sugar is, is causing that. So decreasing your sugar intake um, is key. Yes. When I know that the ketogenic diet often gets criticized for being so high in fat. And you mentioned that this really is all about decreasing inflammation and how, um, it can also be very beneficial when decreasing your chances of things like heart disease. Yeah. Would you be able to demystify that a little bit? Yeah. So basically the body uh, uses two sources of fuel, glucose, which I think everyone knows what it is, and then ketones. And then um, glucose, I always compare it to uh, a fireplace. So let's say you got a fireplace with real wood. When it it burns it, it it's dirty it's it's it creates a lot of of dirt with it well blue glucose in our body uh burns also um in, in a dirty way and affects our cell 
ketone is the other uh, fuel that the body will use is the uh, basically our fat uh, will produce uh, ketone for us to use as energy and it's a much cleaner fuel um, I compare it to a natural gas fireplace so you turn the switch on the fire is there you turn it off it's done uh, so that's the beauty of using ketone for fuel is that it's a much less dirtier fuel. Um, so, but to be able to train your body to tap into, uh, you know, producing ketones from fat takes some training of the body. And if we're feeding it glucose constantly, we never tap into that. Uh, like I said, I don't think everybody should be in ketosis all the time. And I compare it a little bit to a hybrid car that, you know, most of the time you want to be using ketones, but, you know, you can also change up a little bit and use glucose. But the body, even though you would not eat glucose, your body is going to make it and it's going to produce that energy. This is how important uh, the body does need glucose, but we don't need to inject, ingest it in the, mm. in the quantity we've been uh, ingesting it. So great. It's such a brilliant metaphor that you, that you use. Oh, I, lo I love examples. <laughs> I love metaphor because, you know, again, because I'm with patients all the time, if I can simplify mm -hmm. things for them and make it visual, and I'm also very visual, so it, uh, it, it helps when people understand. Mm -hmm. So just from that sheer concept of a cleaner fuel source for our cells, so doesn't create inflammation, just from that basic concept it's it's worth uh you know looking into it it's worth uh trying it's worth uh you know paying attention to it beautiful yes i definitely love how you use metaphors and how you communicate these complex concepts to people you know it, i feel like it makes health approachable um and just better to understand which really sets us up for success and so speaking of setting us up for success, there's something that you mentioned in your book, um, and it was like more like setting the stage for your day, so your, your mm -hmm. prime time. And mm -hmm. I was wondering how that came about for you and how you discovered some of your favorite rituals and if you can share some of those with us. Yes, so we all have mentors, right? Mm -hmm. And throughout uh, my years, one of my mentors, had uh, what he called, uh, I think he called it, is how is hour of power in the morning, and um, I followed that model for forever. So just came up with the personal prime time. I think was more uh, a better illustration of you know what that time was in the morning. And to me, my personal prime time is making sure that I'm setting setting myself up for the day that it is uh, physically, mentally, uh, nutritionally, that I'm ready to take on the day. And it will vary from one time uh, to the next, depending on the amount of time that I have. But I myself prefer to work out in the morning and just, just have such a better day when I work out. Uh, meditation, the stretching, my reading, my writing, and so forth. So for me, I kind of see that as a, a bit of a mix and match. And depending on how much time I have, then I'll do a little bit of 
you know, those three dimensions just to make sure that I show up at my best when I, you know, start uh, my day. And it's just, uh, I really, really am, um, how would I say, in the morning, it's my sacred time. And I'm really picky about it. And I make sure that that time is there. Uh, because like I said, it, it just makes me so much more ready for the day. It's great that you said that because I, I think that it's really healthy to be very protective and keep your that personal time very sacred, but it's usually the first thing to go out the window for a mm -hmm. lot of people. Yeah, and that's why I get up crazy early. I'm a morning person, um, and I get up early because I feel that I'm not disturbed. You know, nobody's mm -hmm. sending anybody email at, at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning. So to me, that personal prime time in the morning is just like it's like I said, it's kind of my sacred time. But I do go to bed early because mm -hmm. I, um, I like I said, I so believe in getting our rest and our sleep for our body to to recharge. Uh, but I prefer to get up in the morning and distractions are not there, energy is there, and you have you know less chance of not doing something because the day gets busy because we've all done it that. Maybe you didn't take the time in the morning and then the day start and you're like, boy, oh boy, I didn't eat. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. So mm -hmm. it just uh, allows us to, to prepare. So great. Well, we're coming up on time. Um, I really love this time for you. And again, I really, I, I loved your book. I thought it was so beneficial and, you know, not just when it comes to a straight read through, but something that you can refer to. Uh, again and again and I was just wondering if you had anything that you really really want to highlight and leave people with when it comes to your health well habits. it's thank you yes um, I would say it exactly this that it does not have to be hard like truly mm -hmm. it does not have to be hard we've made it harder with our fast-paced society and so forth but when it comes to let's say nutrition people will say oh it's so hard to know what to eat I'm like no not really go back to basics right you know mm -hmm. my grandparents had a farm they probably opened the door went in the garden you know what I mean mm -hmm. so it doesn't have to be hard now awareness needs to be there meaning you have to ask the right questions so let's say for you know uh, cleaning products or beauty products and all that but I find that once a person makes the commitment to be more aware and ask questions it, it doesn't have to be as complex as as we think yes I think that's so great Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Bisham. I There's so much more that I would love to, to ask you <laughs> to get into. Um, things that are almost like esoteric, but I'm not sure it would be totally beneficial for this for this pop podcast because I do do a lot with um, spirituality and energy. And so things like mm -hmm. muscle testing and applied kinesiology, I think, yeah, was yeah, probably yeah. some of the coolest aspects for me around chiropractics. Um but maybe yeah. we can do that in, in a follow-up um, so I can let you get on with your evening. Um, 
are there okay. any other updates or announcements uh, when uh, it comes to like touring? No, not or... really, other than mm-hmm. um, on a book tour right now mm-hmm. uh, in, in Canada, East Coast and West Coast, and mm-hmm. then uh, we'll be traveling to the States. I just, I just love to connect with people that are on their journey to better their health, and everyone is at a different level, and that's okay. That's mm-hmm. the beauty of all this is that, you know, even if we're all at the, at different levels in mm-hmm. our search for, for better health, it's just we're all learning and we call, can all uh, learn from each other and encourage each other. So it's it's fun to to get out, do talks and do book signing and stuff like that and connect mm-hmm. with people and, and just, you know, connect on a, on a deeper level and really feel that, you know, reading the book can really make a huge change in their lives yes beautiful beautiful that that was definitely another thing about your book is there's no shame around mm-hmm. learning about mm-hmm. health i'm uh, going to the west coast which mm-hmm. i might i will connect oh, with you please do yes yes yeah i'm planning i'm planning to go to california probably in june and and uh, um yeah, it's. Uh, oh, it, I have a lot of friends throughout the states who are chiropractors, so mm-hmm. I'm just really trying to to connect with them and, and see what we can do together. I love putting together events, like I said, to, to connect with with more and more people. Wonderful. Yes, absolutely. Please do. Awesome. Thank you so much for Thank for you. your time as well. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. All right. Bye bye. Well, guys, what'd you think? Dr. Bishamp is full of wonderful wellness insight, right? And of course, we've only just scratched the surface when it comes to how she supports others in their wellness journey and goals. I don't know about you, but a couple of my favorite takeaways were around the reminder to drink more water and having a period of time before beginning your day that you just keep sacred, your hour of power. I'll definitely be trying to work that last one into my daily wellness routine. I imagine it being an incredibly empowering feeling to begin your day taking care of yourself first and having that space where no one else is allowed to enter. It's all about just you, getting yourself grounded and centered, raising your energy and vibration, and getting prepared to present your peak potential before you step out into the world. Sounds a bit glorious, doesn't it? Dr. Bouchamp in her book gives some great tips and suggestions when it comes to creating and establishing this new habit, and I'm excited to see which ones will work for me. That also reminds me of episode 3 with Jacqueline Morosco that's all about building healthy rituals and routines into your day. So if that's something you've been trying to work into your life too, I highly suggest you go back and listen to that little gem of a podcast. With that, I'd love to hear from you. When it comes to your health and happiness, what habits are you wanting to incorporate or change in your life? Will it be getting more sleep? Starting a new exercise routine maybe? Or will you be cutting out things you know no longer serve you? Feel free to reach out to me at any time to share your wellness journey and how you plan on creating your best life on the Prismatic Academy Facebook page. I'll also be sure to list links and resources mentioned in this episode, as well as to Dr. Bichon's website and book, on theprismaticlife.com. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did, 
And as always, please like, share, and subscribe if you feel called to do so. Until next time, everyone, cheers. Cheers.